My name is Ken Tubman, and my work seeks to create advancement and improvement. Welcome to Seismic Sound Off, exploring the depth and usefulness of geophysics for the scientific community and the public. I'm your host, Andrew Gary. In this episode, I speak with SEG President Ken Tubman on the future outlook of SEG and applied geophysics. Ken provides the latest information on the ongoing SEG transformation. He outlines how SEG could allow greater experimentation, the pros and cons of its current governance structure, and how members can best contribute to SEG's future. Finally, Ken shares some risks for SEG's transformation and why building a successful future for SEG matters to him. This episode not only matters for SEG members and stakeholders and the profession of applied geophysics, but provides expertise and guidance for all membership-based organizations. In addition, this conversation provides practical advice and expert recommendations that could continue to support SEG in the field moving forward. To read Ken's biography and find links to recent President's pages in The Leading Edge, visit seg.org podcast or check out the show notes where you're listening now. And now my conversation with Ken Tubman. What is going on with the transformation and, and what would you say is the current focus of the project? So I think the way you put it is best. The task force is actually a bit on hold. We met intensively for a while, came up with some focus areas and some actions, and then people split up and we're off doing that. So the task force itself isn't actually meeting and we haven't officially ended it, but that's probably what's going to happen. But the reality is things are still going on very much spread across staff and a number of volunteers. So I would say we have moved to implementation. We had some ideas and a lot of them are being implemented. Well, I think that that will be exciting for members and, and SEG stakeholders to hear. And speaking of kind of splitting up, they, they went into three focus areas, I presume. And, and those three are community connections and networking, career development and governance. Of those three focus areas, where do you think members can contribute the most? Yeah, it's a really interesting question. And I'm not sure that I'm going to limit it to just those three focus areas. There's not one in particular that stands out to me. There's different people who have passion in one or the other and they're working on it. But one of the things that really stands out to me is around mindset, about being able to think differently, to be able to push back against the status quo and look for opportunities to engage new people, especially a younger generation, next generations of geoscientists, and a more global community. This is really what we have to do. We have to just be engaging and delivering value to more people. And if you're already part of those next generations earlier in your career, what I'd look for is to step up and to take action and to express opinions. And, and this is a lot about mindset, being willing to do that. We have a lot of people who've been around for a long time in SEG doing lots of great things. Uh, but there's a couple of examples. We have a community online now in Slack because Ellie Ardakani was willing to step up and do it. Another example is the Azerbaijani student section. These are folks who are really saying, okay, we want some things to get done. We're going to do it. They're inviting people for presentations. They're setting those up. They're coming up with ideas for image and they're pushing to get them implemented. So a lot of it, I would say, is around mindset. If people have ideas, let's use the mindset to push against the status quo and let's get going. You know, I, I experienced this in my profession where 
you know, two people kind of come up with the same idea at the same time and maybe kind of start working on it, but not together. If if there is a member that has this great idea like Ellie had, how how would you recommend they kind of check in with the task force groups or with SEG to see if they could get connected to someone already working on that? Well, we do have an email suggestions at seg.org. That's one way. A lot of these ideas are popping up on the community on Slack where people are posting and saying, hey, what about this? How about that? Uh, there are some ideas. There's also lots of committees and other ways that we can volunteer and get involved and make things happen. We have a number of student sections all over the place. I've talked, gotten to talk with a number of them this year, and there's a lot of ideas they have, and they're stepping up and doing them themselves. And if they need resources, then they're reaching out through emails, through Slack, a variety of ways. Yeah, we're going to feature a whole episode with Ellie on the SEG community soon, but that's a great recommendation. Yeah, check in on Slack. I think there's over 1,500 people on there now, so who knows what what ideas you might come up with there. And we're, we're coming on, I think, the, the second year with SEG and AAPG Image in person. Why do you believe, kind of moving forward, that this joint society approach will benefit SEG? You know, I think it isn't just an image, but I think in general we have a number of societies that have very similar problems. And I think we can work on them together or we can try to compete ourselves all out of business. We're uh, largely, or in, in some ways, we have overlapping interests and there's a number of issues we can work on together. In fact, recently, we've called, gotten together with the leaders of AAPG, SPE, and EAGE, uh, so the current presidents and president-elects, and we've started to talk about things we can do together. There's probably some ways we can reduce costs, uh, work together, but I think it's also the sharing of ideas, and not just ideas on how to run the societies, but technical ideas. We have Image, which is a joint venture, but let's not forget a number of our other meetings that are very successful, and I probably won't remember them all. IPTC, Urtech, uh, OTC, a lot of these meetings are all done in collaboration with other societies. NAEP is a collaboration with us. And these are some of our most successful meetings. And it isn't just, yes, we can be more efficient when working with others. It's also that it brings the technical ideas together for technical information sharing with people with different mindsets. And it's really, I think, beneficial. Yeah, I think a lot of geophysicists, you talked a lot about mindset, which is pretty interesting to hear on, on this podcast. You don't hear about mindset too much. You know, a lot of the mindsets of geophysicists is to be pretty experimental. You know, they're trying new things or trying new techniques and seeing what works. How do you think SEG as a society that represents applied geophysicists can better kind of capture and represent being experimental itself? It's a great question and it is a challenge, right? A lot of what we're trying to do is get people to think differently and try some different things. And so I don't know that there's one way or anything we can certainly turn a switch and suddenly we'll be more experimental. I think we can get people trying things. You know, it's interesting. You mentioned the the community and over 1,500 members. And part of that is 50% are under 30 and 75% are outside the U.S. And so this is bringing in very different demographics than what our membership has been. And that's one way to get us to be more experimental. Different people, different ideas, let them try it. We have some very good mechanisms built into our governance. They allow things to happen, but they sometimes require a different pace uh, when you have a lot of dialogue. And it's a trade-off, right? You get a lot of people involved, a lot of different viewpoints. The more you do that, the longer it can take. I don't think a society like ours needs to change everything overnight all at once. 
but we can certainly be always looking for what if we try this, what if we try that? And I think it's that balance of tradition, which has worked for us well, and creativity, which we can bring to the table. You're right. A lot of our folks, especially on parts of the exploration side, are used to using with data that is imperfect and not having a concrete answer, but willing to try things anyway. And I think that's the that's the attitude we need to bring here. You know, it's exciting to hear you talk about all these societies meeting presidents and president-elects, you know, and, and it's probably not a stretch to say that SEG's transformation will be a multi-year effort. But speaking of governance, the role of the board president, where you're actually president, just lasts one year. So, you know, as someone been in that role, working with the board for many years on top of that, how do you think future presidents could work together to support this effort while moving forward, of course, with their own goals and objectives they want to bring? Yeah, it's really an excellent question because this continuity issue or what has often been a lack of continuity is really, really a key issue for us. We've had some presidents with very different ideas on what's important and very different priorities, and, and it can be a real problem. It's it's a multi-year effort, and you can't solve a multi-year effort and multi-year problems in one year. So I feel very fortunate that Anna and I worked very closely together. She listens extremely well. She has strong ideas. So sharing her ideas and listening to other ideas, let us get a running start with the options task force and looking at what might be possible. And we're continuing that now. Anna, Arthur, and I meet every week talking about how we can work together as a threesome uh, rather than one president at a time. And Arthur is involved in just about everything we are working on. And so it's really a matter of how can we work as three people together rather than one. And hopefully we can maintain the momentum. It's been working going very well lately because we're all very aligned. We, we have some different ideas and some different priorities, but we're giving each other room for those priorities. There are some things we're working on right now that I know will not be finished during my term as president. Arthur will have to, will have to finish them, but he's motivated and he's working on it. And there's things I know I can help start. You know, one of the things I would say is I underestimated the power of the past president and the experience. Uh, and so on, it has been tremendously helpful there. And, and so have other presidents. That I think is really key. Now, is that something in our governance? No, but it's, it's really how we're behaving. And another key part, I think, is we shouldn't underestimate the ability of the executive director to contribute significantly to that continuity. And, and we've been working quite a bit uh, with Jim. He has a lot of great ideas, and we're working to firm up role and authority. There has been some confusion around that, and we're doing some clarification. And that'll let Jim and the staff work continuously, take some priority items, and keep working on them year after year. And we have some great staff. Jim's doing a terrific job as executive director, and that staff together can really be a key part of the continuity. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to include the staff as, as more ongoing work. What do you see as some of the risks of trying to transform SEG? You know, the risks of success to me are first and foremost, this continuity that you're talking about. If we don't maintain a continuous effort, we'll, we'll just go back to the way we always did things. So it's a, a big risk of losing mo momentum. The pace is always a risk. I tend to do things quickly. There's some others who want to do things a little slower. And there's a balance there. If you go too fast, uh, people can get upset. Change is hard. It's hard to make everybody happy. If you go too slowly, you might not get anything done. 
so getting that balance right is very difficult. And prioritization is another risk. I have my priorities, others will have theirs. We have to debate them and hopefully together we can pick the things that will have the biggest impact and highest priority and work on those first. It then sometimes means, well, if something doesn't make the absolute priority list, it might take a while to get done. We might forget, we might lose interest. So getting the most important things done and, and staying on them and trying to watch the pace is important so that we get people, everybody participating rather than people saying, yeah, this change stuff is hard. It's not for me. Thank you very much. Yeah, I, th- I think it was Jeff Bezos that said when they were making decisions that it's okay to disagree, but once the decision's made, you just have to commit. Absolutely. It, it, is, it is true that a healthy group will debate fiercely until the decision's made. Then we align and say, okay, this is what we're doing. And I have found that the, our board, I feel, has some very healthy discussions. The executive committee is a little smaller group, and they're even more open discussions. And, and I think that's working pretty well. I know that I have a number of board members and people who aren't board members who are really pretty good at pointing out when they think I'm making a mistake or there's something I could do differently. And I very, very much appreciate that input. I don't pretend to know everything that's best all the time. I don't pretend to have all the answers. And, uh, you know, Arthur and Anna and, and a number of others, Joe Riley and, and a bunch of people have been really good about poking me and saying, hey, you know, here's an issue or, you know, be careful with this one. So. Yeah. And you kind of talked about it earlier, just the, the different organizations within SEG that have a say of some kind as part of its governor, governance. And, and a Pete Kramer in his recent president's page, he said in the article, and I quote, if SEG today is not meeting the needs of its members and stakeholders as effectively as it could, it is not because of our bylaws, organization or other structural items, uh, end quote. And as part of SEG's government governance, you know, membership, stakeholders, the board, the SEG council, they all have kind of various say in any changes that happen. How do you see that structure actually supporting SEG's transformation? Well, I think the structure is uh, is pretty good, right? I, I have no desire to change the structure. I will admit that when we started this, some people went into it saying, oh, we got to change this, we got to change that. And I think what Pete realized, it's actually a great example of what we were talking about on the feedback. The group was general is thinking, okay, what rules can we change? How do we have to update things? And there was a lot of dialogue on the board saying, yeah, I don't think that's right. Don't think it rules first. And I think that's what Pete was expressing. It's not the rules that keep us from making changes or, or modernizing. And, you know, Alan's doing a great job with the council and they have a lot of healthy dialogue. And in the board, we had that healthy dialogue and said, yeah, okay, really all those different inputs, whether it's committees, the council, the board, a lot of those people have different views and we need to hear all those views to help us prioritize properly, to put all the different viewpoints on the table. And that's really healthy. And there are a few things where, you know, I call it management through myths and legends. We had made some assumptions on how things had to be, which turns out weren't true. And so we didn't even have a good enough understanding of our own rules, right? And some of the things we've been doing for behaviors We'd get recommendations coming to the board and we were rubber stamping things a little bit too much without, well, let's step back and ask questions. Is this really aligned? What are we trying to do? We, we fall into a habit of, and, and I've heard this a lot from some of our younger folks, it feels like an old boys club. Is anyone trying to make an old boys club? No, but I can see the impacts. We, we too often go to the same volunteers. We too often go to the same approaches. Do we have to do that? No, but it takes an extra effort to get new people volunteering, 
to make space for new people. There have been debates about, well, that person hasn't earned, if you will, their place to, to be able to give an opinion yet. I just completely don't agree with that. Uh, we we re- really need to get new people and new ideas speaking up, having a voice. And, and there's a variety of ways that we unintentionally restrict some of that. If we get a lot of different people being volunteered for different things, we can't say, well, I know this person and they're good. They may be good and it's good that we know each other. But if we always stick with the same clique, we're, we're not being as inclusive as we should be. So that's all mindset. It's all behaviors. It's not rules. So I think that's what Pete was getting at really well. I could see the SCG community being a good a good place for this. But one thing, you know, when I worked at SCG, I was staff liaisons for a few committees. And from time to time, we need to fill volunteer roles. And it could be a difficult thing. And as you were talking about, a lot of times we would approach the same people, you know, and, and just continue to run that well dry, you know, kind of drains them and, and the volunteer pool. But I also hear, you know, from other people that they want to volunteer at SCG and don't know how to get in. Why is there maybe this disconnect between volunteers and actual opportunities at SCG? I think it's a really interesting point. I, again, I'm not going to say I know the answer. So here's a few thoughts about it. My generation, and so we're listening. Let's just say I'm not the youngest person in SEG. I'm already retired from my career. This is input I got from some folks who are much, much earlier in the career now. They're, they uh, have kids. They have both, both sides have a job. I admit when I was much younger, my kids were younger earlier in my career, network for me was going to an in-person meeting, uh, going to talks during the day, going to some meetings, and then in the evening having dinner or drinks with people who either were friends or were becoming friends or going to a social event. Well, that's not really so possible today. So what happens? Now you have both sides of a marriage working, uh, so they have kids. When they go home from their jobs, if they want to see their kids, they're not, and they may not be able to travel the same way. They don't want to go to an evening event. So networking is different. So the way we connect is different. And a lot of what SEG is still doing when we're looking for volunteers in the committees, if they're dominated by people who networked a certain way, like the way I did, it's natural to go, well, I know this person and this person, I need some help. That person's good at it. So we're not intentionally shutting out all these people but we're getting our names and our input and our future volunteers from our own networks, which were built a certain way. This is one of the ways I'm hoping the online community helps. Uh, as bad as the pandemic was, it made a lot of people more comfortable to connect online and connect differently. And I'm hoping we can use avenues like that to get people to volunteer more. On Slack right now, Ellie Articani has sent out a call for volunteers to help manage the community. And she's gotten a whole lot of people who are willing to step up and help. And these people, I never would have found them. Most of the people I know never would have found them, right? This is, it's just a whole different way to connect. And this is what we have to find. Is that the only way? No, I'm sure there's more, but we have to find other ways to connect. We have to be open to different types of networking, different types of connections. And those who have the authority on the committees need to be open to people who aren't necessarily leading a committee yet, but that doesn't mean they don't have great ideas. We need to be more open. That's a good response there. What do you hope the SEG community takes away? And this is not the Slack community, but the general SEG community will take away from this conversation. What I hope is that the SEG community realizes we've been doing really, really good things. We have a track record of success. 
over those years, SEG has had to adapt its mission better to serve its members, and we've done that multiple times. Now is one of those times. We're really facing some challenges with membership, with revenue, with business model, but that's what's exciting, right? We've done it before. We can do it again, and I hope everyone steps up to reinforce the need for geophysics in the current energy space and to constructively engage the new energy spaces, the new economic reality that we're facing. We need to set up to help new folks get and develop terrific careers in a variety of industries applying geophysics. And we need to get our stakeholders, companies and others who support us so that they can help us develop the skills they're going to need for their workforces. So I really look forward to getting everybody aligned and moving forward with SEG that continues inspiring the next generations of geophysicists. And we have to deliver real value and a sense of belonging for our community. You know, you've generously given your time and expertise and experience to SDG for, for many years. We first met when you were getting Evolve off the ground. Why has building, why is building a successful future for SEG important to you? You know, I've, like you say, I've been part of SEG for a long time. Uh, I probably shouldn't mention how many years I've been a member. It's, it's quite a long, but it, it's provided me with friends, helping work, connections, and just some fulfilling work and effort as I volunteer for different things. And I recognize that we need to do better at delivering that value and that sense of belonging to the next generations. I'm tired of old people like me telling me what young people want. So I'm really anxious to have younger folks step up, people from other parts of the world step up and say, okay, this is what SEG is going to be, and we're going to make it happen that way. And so I just think I have an opportunity and an obligation to help as I get out of the way to let new people take over and lead. And lastly here, Ken, what principle, teaching, or point of view has helped you succeed in your field? Well, I, I don't know that I'll say specifically in my field, because I haven't done technical geophysics for a long time, but it is a very good question. And, and it's hard for me to point to one thing in particular, but I'll point to a couple. I had the opportunity, I've had the opportunity to work with in the past, and I hope to continue to work with two spectacular women. Aileen Gibb and Catherine Rosbeck. I'm not sure they know each other, except that I may have introduced them just because they're so good at that. They both taught me to ask questions. Aileen, especially to ask questions of myself, but both to ask questions of myself and others. And they really emphasize asking good questions, not just superficial yes or no questions, but to questions that force me and others around me to think deeply. And, and that is, that's just been enormous. So that's one of my guiding principles. Another is, uh, actually, it was another woman, Mary Corbett uh, at Veritas, pushed the concept of personalities, behaviors, and people's styles. And that's been pretty important for me as I realize I'm the type who uh, is willing to act first and think later, not as uh, touchy-feely as uh, many others. So it, the important part is to make sure I find the people who think differently than I do and in the discussions and questioning make sure they get an equal voice to mine because it's an opposing view and an opposing style that's really critical for me. Is there anything I, I should have asked you that I did not? So one of the things you could have asked is not just what I'm trying to do to change it, but what I would like from others to help change SVG. And one of the things I'd like is for people to be willing to step up and take action. There's a lot of people who have great suggestions, and I'd like them to take that a little farther with come forward with a plan and do it, right? We have, I think I mentioned, we have a Slack community because I had a conversation with some folks 
and someone brought up, this is a great idea. And I said, terrific. Will you do it? And Eli Artakani said, yeah, okay, I'll do it. And now we have one. And it's really, really successful. And I have other examples of that where people stepped up and said, I will do it. So that's really what I hope is other people with the ideas, don't just throw out ideas, throw out some action, step up and volunteer. If you can't get connected, reach out to me. I'll help you get connected. Well, that's a, a great place to leave it, Ken. I, I appreciate your your wisdom and guidance here. This is going to be a lot of help to SEG as it moves forward and uh, excited to see where the, the transformation continues to take SEG. Thanks. Great to talk to you. You reached the end of Seismic Sound Off. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you want to be the first to know about the next episode, please follow or subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Two of my favorites are Apple Podcasts and Spotify. If you have episode ideas, feedback for the show, or want to sponsor a future episode, visit seg.org podcast and find the box titled Contact Seismic Sound Off. Zach Bridges created original music for this show. This episode was hosted, edited, and produced by me, Andrew Gary at Treasurement. The SEG podcast team is Jennifer Cobb, Kathy Gamble, and Ali McGinnis. Thank you for listening. This is Seismic Sound Off, signaling off.